0: I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher here at Grace and Truth Ministries. On Wednesday night, we tape Wednesday afternoon due to the coronavirus. Uh, On Wednesday night, I've been teaching on predestination and the sovereignty of God. And I want to read to you what the word sovereignty means out of this Webster's Dictionary. When you get a Webster's Dictionary, what you need is the intercollegiate dictionary, I've got the fourth edition, you've got to get a dictionary that gives you the origin of these words. I wrote something on the board here. The comfort in believing predestination and the sovereignty of God. Sovereignty of God includes predestination. Sovereignty is a word, it comes from super, meaning above, super and that is the Greek word super meaning above now, that's why Superman means above man it doesn't mean he's stronger than everybody else even though he was in myth uh, but it means above it's the same word as Hooper in the Greek Hooper you remember Hooper Hooper, H-U-P-E-R-E-P-H-A-N-O-S. That is the word proud. It means to to shine above. Or P-H. Hooper H-U-P-E-R, comes from Hooper, Hooper and Phanos. It means to shine above. P-H-A-N-O-S. It means to shine above. And God's at war with people who like to shine above others and be special in the eyes of the world. It means above. That's what sovereign means. Above or superior to others, chief, greatest, or supreme. Supreme in power, rank, or authority. God is above everybody, including Satan. Satan is not a co-god with God of holding the position of ruler, royal, reigning. God is not just a position. He is ruling everything in the world. Very effectual as a cure or remedy. A person who possesses sovereign authority or power, a monarch or ruler over everything. And that's what God is now predestination has been my salvation the whole reason for predestination I keep saying this is because the Bible says in Romans three ten, eleven, 11 and 12 that there is none righteous not one that means nobody in the world is righteous and it's talking about Gentile and Jews no one's righteous There's none righteous. There's none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. If nobody seeks God, you cannot come into the kingdom by your will. No one can come in that way. I wrote a paper here just last night. If a man can will himself into the kingdom... Of God, which was a term for Israel and the church is spiritual Israel, and I'm not going to go into that. He can be. If he can will himself, he can be. Because will is a form of the verb to be, to exist. If you can will something, you have to be a being. He can am himself. Am is also a form of that word. I love putting these words on the board because when Jesus says, Before Abraham was, I am. Am means to exist, be means to exist. will if you will something you are existing but that's just the form of the verb to be or am it means to exist so you have to exist to will something that's a fact now let me go ahead let me write these on the board again here are the being verbs they're called helping verbs but I've, I memorized these somewhere in the neighborhood of the fifth or sixth grade. That was about nineteen forty-nine, fifty, somewhere about then. B. Teacher, teacher said we need to learn these. Be is, and all of them are a form of to be, to exist. Be is, am, are, was, were, being, you cannot were anything or was anything or are anything if you're not existing. Be as I'm was were being been, being been, have, has, had, do, does, did, shall, shall, will, should, would, may, might, must, can, could. Every one of these are what's called helping verbs, helping verbs, or being verbs. Or in the Greek, they would call them, even in the English, they would call them intransitive. A transit is someone that moves around. They move from place to place. In transit means no moving, no action. So they help action, verbs. Uh, He is, he is running down the street, running. I am running. Am is helping the word run. I am running, they are running, she was running, we were running, I will be running. All of these can be used with action verbs. An action verb shows jump, run, walk, throw. And all of these can be used with these action verbs. Now whenever somebody says they will, they will to be saved, be as I am, I was, or being, been, have, has, had, do, does, did, shall, will. Will is just a form of this verb to be. That's all it is. It means to exist. If you will, you exist. So, you cannot will yourself into the kingdom. If you can, then you am And Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. What he was saying, I am Jehovah. Jehovah, there are no vowels in the Hebrew language. A J when it's translated, a Y when it's translated over to English is a J. An H is an H. A V is also a w it's spelled just like a w except for the vowel points so h is an h so yahweh is the same thing as jehovah jehovah's meaning when you look it up in a in a concordance it means self existence to exist self existent to exist means to be to am so when jesus said before abraham was i am he was saying i am the jehovah god when people say jesus didn't call himself god he said it when he said i am and the pharisees took up stones to told him they said you can't call yourself god and they were going to kill him and he slipped to the crowd now if a man can will himself into the kingdom then he can exist by his own power, then he is Jehovah, which means self-existence. Whosoever will is not in the Greek text. Whosoever is not a Greek word, ever. In fact, whosoever is not a Greek word. When people see the word whosoever, they automatically want to put the word will after it. Whosoever will is mentioned one time in the New Testament, but it does not say whosoever will. Here's what it says. It's over in Revelation 22. And you cannot put whosoever anywhere in the Scripture because it doesn't say that. Not on John 3.16 doesn't say that. Now, I'm going to look here at Revelation. This is the only place it says it in the English, but it doesn't say that in the Greek. It says here in verse 17 of Revelation 22, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come. But the hearing ear and the seeing eye of the Lord has made even both of them. If you can hear truth, God gave you the hearing ear. And you can hear, come, if you don't have a hearing ear. And let him that is a thirst, and whosoever will. I'm sorry, but it does not say that in the Greek text. Does not. What it says... The willing. Let me erase this up here. It says, "The willing, let him take." I'll leave these up here in case anybody wants to copy them down. All right, that's the big verbs. It says, "The willing, take." Excuse me says, ho the, thalo, T H E L O. That is a form of thalema, T H E L E M A, which means to determine. Those that determine, means to determine. But we're not saved by our will, we're saved by the will of God. The believers were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And it is that word Thalema. This word Thalo means will. It's the same word when Jesus told Nicodemus, "The Spirit bloweth where it listeth." The Spirit bloweth. Excuse me. The wind bloweth where it listeth. The wind blows where it wills to blow. Wind blows where it they low. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. The Spirit blows where it wills to blow, and that's who is born again. Spirit blows where it wills. They Same word here. So, so it, this verse says, they willing... How is man going to be willing? Man willing. If there's none that seeketh after God and nobody's willing to come to God. How? Psalms 110.3 says, Thy people shall be willing. Thy is a possessive pronoun. It means the ones that he owns. They shall be willing in the day of God's power. So when God moves upon a man that's been a predestinated elect, he will be willing to come. Now, God hasn't just ordained a few things. He's ordained everything. This has been the most comforting thing to me in my life. I was always very sensitive health-wise from the time I was little. Every time the fall would change, we didn't know anything about allergies back in the 40s when I was a little boy. And I would always be sick come springtime, and I would always be sick, be in bed a couple of weeks in the fall. But I found out when I got older that was because I was extremely sensitive in these mucous membranes in my bronchial tubes in my lungs I would always have this mucus build up and I would get real sick and I was extremely sensitive to pollen I still am and my doctor checked me for 60 things and found I was allergic to 48 but I've been real sensitive my whole life emotionally about everything and I would get sick constantly I believe it was because I was under the pressure and the stress of a tyrant, of a father. I can't say that was all of it, but that was a lot of it. And I stayed sick all my life. And I I would get out there in the music world and try to be successful and put myself under tremendous stress and stay sick constantly going on and off stage. I stayed sick until... I was even in and out of the hospital in my forties with bronchial pneumonia constantly for a two-year period and every year while I was selling real estate I had to stop for a month or two as the spring would come on and I only sold real estate for about about six months out of the year and I was still one of the top salesmen in this county and I was constantly sick. I'm trying to tell you something. When God put me in the hospital, the last time He put me in, back in my mid-40s, I started... I just... God put me up there, and and I began to realize the first time I had ever said anything to take the blame for my sin... I was a sinner when I was young. I was a sinner when I was out there singing in the music world. I was involved in all kinds of sin. And when I was in the hospital, I was in my mid-40s, I began to say, "Lord, the fault is mine." And I had blamed gospel music promoters, pop music promoters. I blamed everybody but myself for my sin first of all I had no business being out there but God had to take me through that to make me who I am today so I began I somehow after about two years in and out of the hospital I went home I'd have to go back to the hospital once in a while but I was still stressing out of how I was going to make a living I was sick all the time and I couldn't do anything I would get up out of bed and go show a house, come back home and go right to bed, go out and list a house and come back home and go to bed. It's because I was stressing constantly. When the Bible says, take no thought for your life, take thought is the word merim nao, merimnao, M-E-R-I-M-N-A-O. It means to be distracted from the things of this world by the things of, from the things of God by the things of this world, and I was constantly distracted. I coughed and carried on up into my mid fifties, and i been began to preach this message at this. When I was forty nine, we started a Bible class at my home. I had been studying Greek for some years. Hebrew and I came to a place where I'm giving you a personal testimony I don't believe in faith healing but I believe in true faith will heal you to some degree Not because you believe God's going to heal you, but because you quit worrying about the things of this life and you stop stressing. There was a time where I wanted my way in everything that I was talking about. I don't want that anymore. I want God's way in my life. Well, in my mid-60s, I stopped coughing. I was coughing all the time through my early messages. If you hear me, you'll hear me coughing and using the little atomizer, the little breathing unit that I had, is albuterol. And I had to use that to get my breathing correct. And about 65, I began to realize that what I was preaching, pre predestination was true that God creates everything. He creates evil. He creates evil in our lives to cause us to come to Him and to do right and do good. And as I begin to enter my 70s, I begin to get less and less sick. That's faith. Faith is death to self. Put it this way. Faith is death to merim na'o, thinking about the things of this life. And the more you quit thinking about life and come to realize that God has ordained everything, all the evil that he does in your life, he does it for your good. That's why he says in everything give thanks. You can be thankful because he's going to teach all of us to stop our worry. Be careful for nothing. The word careful in Philippians 4 is the word merimna, M-E-R-I-M-N-A, and it's an imperative command of God, but that don't happen all of a sudden. It happens over time, and it takes a long time to stop worrying. And I begin to believe the message I'm preaching about predestination. I told a nurse at the hospital, at the doctor the other day, well, I get my allergy shots." I said, I'm sure y'all have helped me. But I said, I believe in predestination, and you know that. I've given you a DVD on it. And I said, it's comforted me in knowing that God is doing everything. And I've learned to accept the fact for a car wreck or for sickness or anything that God brings my way, this is His will. And at 81... I'm more healthy than I was at 45. I thought I was in a hospital dying at 44 and 45 years old. And I used to tell Mary, I'd say, I'm not going to live to be 50. I was just fighting for breath all day long because I was stressed out over the world. And that's not the way to live that's the wrong way to live if you're stressing over anything and you believe in predestination pray that God will get this into your heart where you accept everything that's happening I've learned in whatsoever state I am that Paul says therewith to be content but when he said that in the fourth chapter of Philippians in verse 11 he was in a Roman jail, under a guard, waiting to be executed. He didn't say, I learned that when I started back here when I was young. He said, I have learned. I'm in jail waiting to have my head cut off. What's the use of me worrying now? And he said, I've learned to be content. Here's the word content. The word content... Is the word a u t a r k e s? case is a construction of two words, auto and archeo. Archeo means to push off, push off, or ward off, to ward, ward something. Toward it away means to push it away. And auto is the word self. He says, if you'll get old enough and you'll be under a sentence of death, I'm under a sentence of death at 81. I know I'm going to be executed and go into eternity by God. And another five, four, three seven years i'm not going to live that much longer and people say well you're going to live to be 110 who wants to be lived to be 110 i don't whenever i say that i'm not saying that to be pitiful i don't want to live a lot longer i am weary and tired and i don't care about this life anymore the only reason i want to stay here is for the church and for my family so i can teach them Paul said, I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better than this on the earth, but it's more necessary for the church that I remain. If I didn't if I couldn't talk and I couldn't do this ministry, I'd just as soon leave right now. I've never been so tired of an insane world. Now there is no will. If a man can pray a prayer, he's willing, then that he's still making himself God. There is no except Christ. That's man's will. It's not true. Let Jesus come into your heart. That's not true. You can't let a living God, when you're dead in sin, do anything. What is the truth? If a sinner's prayer isn't true, what is the truth? If accept Christ is not true, the natural man does not accept spiritual things. When you're dead in sin, you can't accept anything spiritual. You can't pray a sinner's prayer when you're dead. How shall a man call on a God he doesn't believe in? Romans 10 and 14. You can't. You have to be willing But if you will, God doesn't birth you so you can just keep on sinning the way you want to, but He's got a process He's going to put you through. And that process, this thing I've come to, it's happened in my life because of age and because of my study of the Scripture and because I preach about this every time I get up. I've never been more content in my life when you hear me say, I'm not going to fight anybody ever again. If you go on the internet and you're trying to pick a fight with me, you're not going to get one because I've learned to be content. I have pushed away self. I didn't do it. God did that through all this trial. Fighting is one of the most uninteresting things I've ever done. It's boring. So I'm not going to fight you if you want to email me and give me a hard time. To to will in anything is sinning. You can't will. Self-will is sin. That's all self can will to do. Now, faith, I keep saying this, my father and all of his independent Baptist friends their favorite phrase was not of works. They said not of works so many times. That's quoted from Romans, from Ephesians two eight. But by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, not of works, not of works, not of works. And they would say it till they sounded like parrots. And they would say. Works has nothing to do with anything in your salvation. It absolutely does. If God makes you a new creation, do you think he's going to let you live the way you were when you were the old man over here? I wouldn't call it an old creation. The old man doesn't want to do right. You think God's going to let you live that way? You're not your own. You're bought with a price. You can't live the way you want. So he's going to put you through fire and trials and persecution and tribulation until you learn to behave yourself. It took God a long time to get a hold of me. I was so proud and so lifted up. And until you own up to that you're not going to go anywhere faith obeys God believe is certainly obeying God because faith and believe are the same word faith is the noun you say Jim you've said this so many times yes you'll not be confident until you learn that the only will that's going to be done in your life is God's will And your old will to sin is going to take years to get rid of. When you have had that flying like an eagle in your life, the will of self, God has to shoot it down. Faith is the noun, believe is the verb, and all verbs do something. Believe shows an action in your life. If you believe something, you're going to do it. Is doing... Is that work? If you go out and you do something, you dig a ditch, you're doing the digging, is that work? Well, yeah, it's work. Believe is the verb, faith is the noun faith is the word P-I-S-T-I-S this is what I couldn't understand about the sinner's prayer I kept my father would keep reading Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 about grace you saved through faith and he'd read over that in Acts 16 believe on the Lord Jesus Christ thou shalt be saved and then he'd turn around and give a long invitation to him and tell you to come and accept Christ and pray a prayer that's not true Boy, that was confusing to me. And I couldn't figure out, well, are we supposed to live right? Yes. Like I said, my father and his friends never quoted Ephesians 2.10. That's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. We're created for good works, good works. good agathos beneficial when the Bible says not of works in just the verses before it it's not of ergon it's not of physical toil not of ergon not of ritual not of performing something good not of your good works your good deeds Will you do good deeds? Yes, if you're a believer when God changes your life, but the good deeds will not save you. Here's the thing. Faith, faith works. When you come to the realization that your works for self-adulation, for self-advancement, When you come to the realization that self fame, that self advancement is not, it's not having anything to do with salvation. If God saves you and puts faith in your heart, He puts faith in your heart, He will also put good works in your heart were created in Christ Jesus under good works and God hath before ordained that we should walk in them before ordained pro etoimazo, before E-T-O-I-M-A-Z-O etoimazo means to fit up in advance before the foundation of the world those he's going to put faith in their hearts you have to be saved by faith I hate it when somebody says by faith alone. That's what Luther said. And they make you to think that works has no part in your salvation. It has no part in saving you, but God's not going to save you by faith and let you live the way you want. That's what the fire and the trials are for and the tribulation are for. It's to get rid of your desire for you. That's what it's for. Think it not strange concerning the fire trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. This is not a kenizo, x c n i z o. The fire is not, I-Z-O, I'll get it in a minute. The fire is not a strange thing. Strange comes from X-E-N-O-S, which is the word stranger. It means an occasional guest. Stranger. The fire is not a stranger in your life. It has to be here so you can be comforted one day. And so you can sit back and... But you can't do that all of a sudden. Being old doesn't concern me. It comforts me. I don't want to be young. Young is too frustrating. You, you're worried about where you're going to go and what you're going to do and a job you're going to get should I go back to college or not should I get an education should I do this should I marry this girl or that girl should I wait and find somebody that's better than what I'm dating being young is it's hard it's very difficult being young I'm glad I'm not young anymore no reflection on anybody that is Now, what is this work going on in us? It is God working in you. It's God working in you. Philippians 2.13 God is working in you. It's God working. It's God causing you to be willing to do right and live right. And it may take a long time. God is long-suffering, macrothumia, M-A-K-R-O-T-H-U-M-I-A. I'm glad God is long. He suffers, thumas, a long time before he hits us real hard. God stuck me in the hospital, made me sick all my life, and now at 81, I'm fairly healthy. My family wouldn't even believe that. I've said this before. If I went and saw my sister, I hadn't seen her for years, or my younger brother, since they're the only ones left alive, I'd have to introduce myself. I'd say, none of you know me. I'm not the man you used to know that was frustrated with the world because I couldn't have what I wanted, the success I wanted. God has made me happier teaching truth to a small group of people and over the Internet than I ever thought I could be being a star in the music business. I don't worry about anything anymore. I don't stress over nothing. I leave everything alone. Now, you say, "What well, does the Bible say that that we have to work It says it constantly. Let me give you some verses here. You can go into your concordance and just look up obedience and obey. When these preachers say, "Uh, not of works, not of works, not of works, and they're trying to convince themselves that works are not involved. Faith without works is dead being alone. Faith works. Galatians 5 and 6, Galatians 5, 6, faith worketh, worketh by love. Love is the word agape. Agape was a relationship that fathers had for sons they gave them laws they willingly walked in these laws second john 6 says this is love you have to know what the word love is if it's phileo or agape this is agape this is the this is what agape means agape equals equals walking after his commandments this is love that we walk after god's commandments how long does it take you to learn that a lifetime a lifetime of fire and tribulation and trial. And any time you're going through fire and tribulation, that's because you've got a part of you that's rebellious against God. That's the outer man. And God says, we got to get rid of that outer man. So he put you through everything. Bankruptcy. Bad health. Like he did me. Put you through losing your house, losing your car. Losing your wife, losing one of your kids, losing your sanity nearly until God crushes you and puts you down on your level on the ground one day and you say, God, I have sinned. Forgive me. The Bible teaches us in Romans 1 and 5. Look here with me, Romans 1 and 5. 1 and 5. I'm just going to give you some of these so you can see what the Bible says. First of all, you got to know what faith is. What, what faith is. Faith is death to self. That's what it is. Romans 1 and verse 5. speaking of Christ let's read 4 and 5 speaking of Christ Christ has been declared to be the son of God with power that word declared is the word horizo O-R-I-Z-O it is A past tense, which would make it pro-horizo, which is the word predestinate. God has predestined Christ to be the Son of God with power. He's been predestined to be the Son of God with power. According to the Spirit of Holiness, by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for His name's sake. We have to be obedient to the faith as His people. Obedience. Obedience. To obey is the word hoop-akuo. The word here is akuo, a-k-o-u-o. That's the word here. And the, the word obey means to hear under, hear, hear hoop And that means to be subordinate. If you're subordinate, If you're subordinate, if you have a if you're a subordinate on your job, you gotta do what your boss says. Do you have to obey God? Yes. As one of his children. He's not gonna birth you and let you live the way you want. If he has to beat you from now on, like he did me and then get my attention in my fifties and sixties. But he was beating on me a lot of years. He scourges every son he receives. Now look here, and let's look at some more of these. Look here, Romans 6, verse 16. It amazes me, all these Baptist preachers say, not of works, not of works, it has nothing to do with it. Well, does obey have anything to do with it? As one of his preordained children if he birthed us by his will and he adopted us which means to place sons and he places us as sons we don't does a son have to obey his father you bet your life now here in Romans 6 and 16 know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey His servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, obedience unto righteousness. Oh, so you can tell who a person is and who he belongs to by what he's obeying. Are you obeying Christ? Well, how do you obey him? You look at his book, see what he says, what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to humble under the hand of God. Does that take obedience? Yes. You're supposed to agonize over sin. Strive to enter into the straight gate. Strive, agonize. My is our word agonize. Well, you have to agonize over sin, but you'll do that through the fire and the trial and the persecution, the trying of your faith. Works patience. Try trias or perasmos p-e-i-r-a-s m-o-s means to go through trials go through the fire the fire is good for you and me. and then he goes on to say in six sixteen, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness now look over here in romans sixteen twenty six sixteen and twenty six let's read verse twenty five and six now to him that is had that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. He's talking to a Roman church and he said the mystery and the mystery according to Mysterion mystery is the word t must, r I-O-N it means the things that are unrevealed it has not been revealed until God comes to the Gentiles or to the all men or all flesh when he sends his apostles to go into all the world and teach all nations that's in the that's in in the Great Commission, teach all nations. I wrote name up there, I don't know why. Nations Nations the word ethnos. It's the same word as Gentiles. Teach all Gentiles. That didn't happen till Acts 2, until a certain few people in the Old Testament. There was a few Gentiles God spoke to, like Ruth the Moabite, like Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. I believe Nebuchadnezzar is a believer. He's the one that said he doeth according to will. And in heaven among the inhabitants of heaven the nations of the earth and none can stay God's hand or say to him what doest thou he doeth according to his will now so that verse is telling us he's made known the revelation of the mystery revelation must story on excuse me this is mystery. Revelation is apocalypse. Apocalypsis, that's the word revelation. It's a form of apo and kalupto, taking off the cover. Who did he take the cover off to? He took the cover off of the eyes of the Gentiles. He took the cover off of the Gentiles. That's the mystery that was kept hidden. It's the revelation of the mystery. The mystery is the Gentiles being fellow heirs, being fellow heirs with the Jews and of the same body. You'll find that in Ephesians. The third chapter look at that quick to explain this chapter we got to go to Ephesians here is the mystery Ephesians the third chapter Ephesians 3 and Paul says this is the well, let me read for this cause, speaking of the previous chapter, how the Gentiles are going to become of the same body. They'll become one body with the Jews that believe. For this cause, I call the prison of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, dispensation is not a period of time. It's the word in N-O-M-I-A oikonomia is a construction of oikos and nomos. Oikos means house or family and we are the house or the family of God and nomos. This is the word dispensation. It don't matter whether people believe this or not. This is the definition of the Greek word. It's the word dispensation. It's also the word stewardship. As stewards of the house of God, Christ is the son of his own house, whose house are we. And the word nomos is the Greek word law. It means one who distributes the law of the house of God, and we are God's house. So, when you look up the word economy, in a Webster's dictionary, it'll tell you it comes from the Greek word, oikonomia, oikonomia. Economy, economy, and okonomia are the same word. One is the Greek, the other is the English. It's the economy of the house of God. It's not a period of time. Now, let's go back to this. If you have heard of the dispensation or the economy of the grace of God, which is given to me, to you, word, how that by revelation, there's that word again, apocalypse. He made known unto me the mystery, there's that word again, Mysterion. It's what's revealed to the Gentiles. He's writing to a Gentile church. As I wrote afore, in few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, which was a term for Gentiles as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, here's the mystery right here in the next verse, that the Gentiles, the nations, should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. The Gentiles, through a certain number of elect predestinated family, will be the fulfillment of the mystery of God that was hidden through the ages until Acts 2. What does it mean it was hidden through the ages? Because when God gave the promise to Abraham, he told Abraham, this covenant is not only to you, but everyone in your house who is not of your household. Every Gentile that would be in your house. So God hid it until Acts 2. And because Israel kept going after all of these this idolatry, he blinds the eyes of the Gentiles and gives it of the Jews and gives it to the Gentiles. Got a lot to say on that, so he says in this, according to the mystery which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment. Of, of the revelation of God made known to all nations, all Gentiles, all ethnos, for the obedience of faith. So the Gentiles who are the elect of God, they have to obey faith. Whatever faith is, the Bible speaks of obeying faith constantly through the Old Testament the Bible speaks of obedience of faith and it talks about obedience to Christ in Second Corinthians 10 and 5 it speaks of obedience to faith is the hardest thing for us to learn to do because we want obedience to Jim obedience to Mike, or obedience to tom or obedience to to chris and obedience to chris since two chris's are here he doesn't want us to obedience to self that's what we want and jesus became obedient to death even the death of the cross we're supposed to be obedient to death even the death of the daily cross and that is faith Faith is a daily cross. There's one way to I can say faith is a daily cross. If I'm going to have faith in somebody else besides myself, I have to die to my own feelings. I've said this so many times. If you're going to go take an algebra course up here at Ball State, and you've never taken even simple mathematics, you're going to have to die to your thoughts and what you think when you go into that class... It's going to take faith in the teacher. You've got to say, I don't know nothing about this. I'm going to believe you. You can't believe yourself for salvation and accept Christ and walk an aisle and get to heaven. It takes faith, and you don't have any. Faith is the gift of God that he puts in the hearts of all of his elect. And you've got... Righteousness is something you have to obey. You have to obey righteousness. The Bible says so. Righteousness. If you want to look with me over there, over there in in First John. First John. All right, 1 John 3. 1 John 3. And looking down here in verse 7: Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous doeth you mean righteousness is something you do boy when you start preaching works are in your salvation it doesn't save you but it's something God is going to do in you and he's going to cause you to do it is do is that a verb it's one of these over here bing bing Have as that do, does, do. It's a verb. It's something you do. So he that doeth righteous is righteous. What is is you're doing when you do righteousness? You're doing what the Bible, what the Greek word righteousness, D-I-K-A-I-O-S-U-N-E. It means what is equitable? E Q U I T A B L E. Equitable. Equitable means equal. It's equal to D I K A I O O. is the word. It's a form of dikaiosune, and it means uh, d k a o means to justify are to render innocent. God has justified us before the foundation of the world according to Romans 8 and 30. Whom he did predestinate them he also called whom he called he justified. Whom he justified he glorified. He's justified past tense before the world began all of his elect. So render innocent. And we get the word DK DIKE, which is the word in the Greek right. Is right something you do? Yes. So righteousness is something you have to do as a predestinated elect of God because he's preordained you to be in the likeness of Christ which was righteous. It's not standing here looking so serene and so self righteous that's not it it's it's what you do people can tell if you're obedient to god by what you do that's that's the way it is so you got obedience all through the bible it's talking about obeying obeying christ how we have to obey we have to be obedient to truth when he said to the galatians i'm he said i'm I'm so surprised at you. You're so removed from him that you don't obey the truth anymore. He says that in Galatians 3, 1 and 5 and 7. He said you have to be obedient to the truth. And you have to be obedient to God in all things. He said if any man obey not our word by this epistle... Well, obedience is required by God that you're not even fellowship with a man who's not obeying God. And that's part of obedience is withdrawing from people who walk disorderly. And people don't believe and separate from the world, but that's a part of God's Word. You cannot live the way you want. The Gentiles were brought to the light. Let me give you some Faith, everything that faith is and faith does, you have to obey. Somewhere along the way, you got to start obeying faith. Faith is something you obey. Well, if faith works by love. I've said this so many times, but just that phrase there, Galatians 5 and 6, just that phrase encompasses a tremendous amount of territory. I could preach on that all day long, every day from now on. Because love is walking after the commandments of God. Walking after commandments well there are ten commandments Uh, have no other gods well I don't worship any idols you don't have to be worshiping an idol all you have to do (coughs) (coughs) is worship yourself and you got an idol the bible spells it out it says covetousness. This is something that God has caused me to overcome in my old age. I don't want the things I used to want. I don't even want a new car anymore. I used to drive up beside somebody that had something I thought was real neat. I was, I'd like to have one of them. The last time I can remember that happening in my life. Some guy drove up in a Jeep, a four-door Jeep. I thought, boy, I'd like to have one of those. It was back in my sixties. And I was coveting one of those Jeeps, one of those four door red big red dark red jeep. Since then I don't want one. Covetousness pleonectase. taste means to want more, more than you've got, more than you need. I don't need anything anymore. I don't need much of anything. I just need my books, and my Bible, and a little bit of food here and there. And I don't care about. It. I drive a twenty-year-old Rav Four. Mary went out. She has to have little bitty cars because she's four foot seven people used to complain about mary buying a sports car that's the only thing she can fit in she can't reach the pedal on anything else she found out when she bought this rav4 she found out she could reach the pedal she can pull the seat up it's the only thing she can reach pedals reach the gas in the accelerator in. she later on, she thought, well, I need to buy me another sports car. So she bought a Mini Cooper. And she drove it for a while. She doesn't have hardly any mileage on it. And she can't only really see above the steering wheel, even on a Mini Cooper. She said, I want to take the RAV back. You drive that. I said, all right. I don't particularly want a sports car. She's had little Miata. It, we never drove it. She had a a nine fourteen Porsche. She drove that a while, and we just didn't have any use. I'm always hauling something around, DVDs and sacks in my car to give away. And so she said, "You need to drive that." I said, "We can't sell it. it Don't have enough miles on it." She said, well, "You drive it." I said, "All right, whatever you want." When I get through preaching to somebody about daily cross and death to self and self denial, and I preach to them that Christmas is pagan, they're not going to like me no matter what I'm driving or what I'm wearing. I can have on diamond rings, and I can't be up here with a little with a three carat diamond pinky on my little finger and say death to self, daily cross, shaking it at the audience. They're not going to believe anything I'm saying. I can't tell people that Christmas is Christ's Mass. It's Roman Catholicism. It was against the law to celebrate Christmas three hundred years ago in America. And God doesn't love everybody. He loved Jacob and hated Esau before they were born. And they're not going to like me for diamonds I'm wearing are big Rolex watches. So I don't wear a Rolex watch. I wear a little skinny watch. That's to tell me the time to see if I'm getting to church on time or if I'm getting to a doctor's appointment. That's all it's for. It's not to show off. I asked a jeweler. I said, "Why do people buy these great big watches?" That to show off? He said, "That's the only reason they buy them." All I need one is to tell me if I'm getting to church on time, or what time my doctor's appointment is. That's all it's for. I don't care what time it is in Japan. Good night. So, faith works by agape. That's walking in God's commandments. There are Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not... Let's just flip over there to Exodus 20. Exodus 20. Now here's the Ten Commandments. Are you breaking any of these? (laughs) Well, you got the Ten Commandments several places. This is the first time they're mentioned outright. All right, that's how I have no other gods before me, number one. No other gods. Covetousness is idolatry. E-I-D-O-L-O-L-A-T-R-E-I-A. Hey, I sure need to, don't I? If covetousness is idol worship, you don't have to have a statue you're bowing down to. E-I-D-O-L-O-L-A-T-R-E-I-A. Now is anybody guilty of this? E-I-D-O-L-O-L-A-T-R-E-I-A. That's as much idol worship as bound down to the grove or Baal in the ancient world. It's a construction of and L-A-T-R-E-U-O. It means to serve what you see. It means to want more of what you put into your eyes and your ears. I don't find myself really wanting much of anything anymore, just food. Just give me enough food to satisfy me. I don't need too much. That's what the Bible says over here in Proverbs, the 30th chapter. In Proverbs 30, let me give you this. Boy, if you can come to this, can come to this. Stay with me there. I'll be right there. All right. Remove, this is Proverbs 30, verse 8. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food that is convenient for me, what I need, lest I be full and deny thee, who is the Lord or lest I be poor and steal, and take the name of my God in vain. I don't need too much, and I don't need too little. I don't want to steal, and I want to have just what I need. Boy, that takes a long time to come to that. He's, God's helped me come to that at old age. It is so pleasant to be alive other than your aches and your pains when you're older but I don't sit around stressing over nothing what am I going to do worry about where I'm going to be in my life in 8 years and I'll be 90 or 9 years and I'll be 90 8 and a half going on one thing about it you don't worry about where you're going when you're 80 now now let's look at another verse here are you an idol worshiper the idol you worship is the guy in the mirror when you're covetous it's, it's idol worship that's your idol is the guy in the mirror thou shalt not take unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath and that is in the water or in the earth is a, is a new house a graven is it graven yeah it is is a car graven How about that woman you want? Is she graven out of clay? Yeah. Thou shalt not bat on thyself to them, so forth. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Taking the name of God in in vain is not an expletive. If you claim to be a Christian and you don't you're not obedient to God and you don't show that in your actions you're taking God's name, his shem, his authority in your life in vain if you're not living according to the word of God we've all taken his name in vain and I'm not talking about some expertise and we we're going to get into this I keep trying to get into it remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Kadash. Ritualistically clean. Q A D A S H. Ritual. Clean. But the rituals have been blotted out, and we are in a spiritual Sabbath. Sunday was not changed Sabbath was not changed from Saturday to Sunday the reason we worship on the first day of the week which is Sunday is because Jesus rose from the dead and that's the day the early church picked out to worship Christ it was Ellen White that claimed that the Catholic Church changed the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday no that's not true now we have to obey the faith, don't we? We've got to be obedient to everything faith is and faith does. Well, what does faith do? It works by love, by walking after the commandments of God. I'm going to go into the Sabbath. I'm having a hard time getting back to that Sabbath. That means Rest. When you rest in everything that God is doing, it has to register in your heart that it's all of God. If God will beat you up long enough and wake you up and teach you that you cannot, by worrying, straighten anything out, which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to her stature? Can you make yourself grow an inch? Just if you sit around and worry, oh, I don't like it because I'm this short. That's not going to help you. And he goes on through these other I'll come back to the Sabbath day. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Who is our father? God, who is our mother? Jerusalem. Don't have time to go into that. Thou shalt not kill. Do you kill have you killed anybody? Let me put it this way. Have you hated somebody in your heart without cause just simply because you were jealous of what they had or their position? Have you ever looked at somebody that's been, you they've stepped over you on the job and given the position to somebody else and you thought you deserve it and you killed that guy in your mind? Thou shalt not commit adultery. Jesus said, if you look on a woman, just any woman, to lust after her in your heart, you've committed adultery in your heart. Have you ever done that? Thou shalt not steal. That kind of goes along with covetousness. Have you... I used to steal things when I was a kid. Has anybody else stole anything besides me? Now, don't lie. Anybody else stole anything? I used to steal pens. I'd steal just little things. I never did steal anything big. Maybe once or twice. (laughs) God had to get me over my sin thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor have you ever said something about somebody that you didn't know was true or even you said it with animosity you put your spin on what happened then what you're doing is you're bearing false witness thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house nor thy neighbor's wife you ever looked at somebody's wife and thought boy she sure looks good to me And I wouldn't mind having her. We are living in a time when the billboards, the movies, the TV, everything is putting something before our eyes that causes us to break these laws of God. What are the other laws of God besides these? love is walking after commandments of God it's all of these imperative moods in the Greek sometimes God doesn't have to say it's an imperative mood we know that it is Jesus said if any man after me let him deny self take up his cross take cross follow me now, take deny and follow are all imperative moods. Are naomi is the word deny. Take cross crosses are for dying on. That's an imperative command. Take is the word a i r o. Follow is the word a k o u. L-A-T-H-E-O it means to be in the same way with eventually you're going to have to get into the narrow way if you're not in it, if you're a believer narrow comes from the word thalibo it is the word thalibo it comes from the word thalipsis and that's what people do to you when you tell them things they don't want to hear T h. L-I-P-S-I-S Philipsis is the common word tribulation I-P-S-I-S you go through tribulation because you tell people what things that they don't want to hear have you started going through tribulation yet those are commandments just as much as thou shalt not kill these are commandments over here Are we supposed to be taking our cross? A cross is what faith is. Faith is substance. Faith is substance. Substance, hypostasis, means to understand. You can't understand without telling somebody about it. S-T-A-S-I-S. This is substance, hupostasis. It means under, hupo, stasis, stand, and not understand. So once God puts understanding in your heart, he makes you a disciple, which is a learner, and when you learn, you understand. But he said, you cannot be my disciple without a daily cross. Luke fourteen twenty seven. You have to be bearing your cross, and you had to be condemned to a cross, and you're going to be condemned because of what you say to people, and they don't want to hear it. So they crucify you, and that's why we have to follow him and bear our cross, and deny ourselves and say what needs to be said, and when we do we use great plainness of speech. Plainness. Blunt. Seeing we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, Second Corinthians three, twelve. You don't beat around the bush. I saw on the internet the other night. I was telling Tom about it before we met today. I saw Ravi Zacharias, a very smart man. I didn't know he was as smart as he was until I watched him on the internet. I've heard him rattling on the radio. But he's a brilliant man with a brilliant mind and a tremendous vocabulary. He's from India. He got an invitation to go out to to go out to the Mormon temple and talk to the Mormons because they'd heard him on the radio. He got out there and I saw his message on the internet and he talked round and round and round in a circle. And he was teaching about Manasseh, the wicked king of Israel, or southern Judah, how Manasseh caused his son to pass through the fire and burn incense to these idol gods and did more wickedness than any king before him. And he brought out the fact that Manasseh, one man, led all these millions of people astray in Israel. And I could tell what he was trying to say he was trying to say Joseph Smith had led you astray but he never used Joseph Smith's name and he came up and just talked in a circle oh, it looked like he was hoping that somebody would get a hold of it but he was patronizing all of them tell them they were such good Christians how could they with this smooth talk how could they ever understand what he was saying if he said we all need to come together and, and hold hands as Christians and and then he was kind of pointing at Joseph Smith, who was the originator of the Mormon church. He needed to say enough to them that they would have thrown him out and stopped him in the middle of his message. You can't... And I just... I couldn't believe he was saying that. So without a cross, he wasn't bearing a cross that day. Faith is substance. It's learning. When you learn, you're a disciple, but you only do it with the cross. And I keep saying, you go to school to take a course you've never taken before, you've got to be quiet and listen to the teacher. The teacher's the word of God. Now, how many imperative commands are there? Well, you got agonize over sin agonize A-G-O-N-I-Z-O-N-M-A-I agonizomai is our word agonize you're agonizing the agon was the arena where they would go wrestle and race you got humble humble under the hand of God but the hand of God is evil men according to Psalms the 17th chapter so God raises up evil men just like he raised up Satan to destroy all of Job's substance and kill all of his kids Satan put him in my hand God says he's in your hand but you can't kill him and you can't strike his body until the second chapter when Satan says to God you've built a hedge around him he said skin for skin a man man will do anything to save his skin God says okay you can touch his hand you can touch his body but you cannot touch his life And then Job said to his wife, when she says, she says, won't you curse God and die? She knew the evil was coming from God. And he said, shall we not receive good? And shall we not receive evil also from the hand of God? But the evil was to refine Job. He kept saying he was innocent, but he hadn't been refined. And Job said, The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name, the shem, the authority of God. And the Bible says, On all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. The Bible says, He tells the truth about God. I took His kids. It was my winds that blew the house down and killed them all. It says it was His winds in Job the 37th and 38th chapter. Now... There are many other commandments. There's about nearly 1900 imperative commands in the New Testament. When the command comes from the mouth of Jesus or one of his apostles who's writing under the influence of the Holy Spirit, then those imperatives are commands. I keep saying they're just as much of a command as when Jesus, who was the God in the beginning, said, Let there be light. And there was light. When Jesus commands something, it's going to come to pass. You say, well, he hasn't hurt me yet. Well, wait. If you belong to him, he will. People say, God is not a cosmic police officer up there looking to punish somebody who's misbehaving. He certainly is. He said he was. said he scourges. He breathes with a bloody beating every son he receives. Where people come up with that is... It's annoying. So love works. Doing is working. We're working. And the only reason we're working is because we belong to God. And we are his children. And this mystery that has been hidden through the ages is of God. He kept the Jews blind. He kept the Gentiles blind for 4,000 years he kept them in the dark 4,000 years from Adam until Acts 2 till the time to pour out of his spirit which is the truth upon the Gentiles and particularly the Gentile church for these last 2,000 years that's what he did because the Jews acted up, one flesh acted up, and he blinded the eyes of the Gentiles. That was the mystery that was hidden through the ages. It was hidden from the Gentiles, and now the Gentiles will be fellow heirs, and of the same body, which is the church, which is the ecclesia, the called out of God. And he started this, he started this message, by Isaiah and the other prophets when he said I'm going to call my people by another name and it will be Gentile church for the last 2,000 years and everything else fits together in that and the Gentiles will be called and birthed by the will of God for whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate he said that to a Gentile church he said to a Gentile church he had chosen us in him me and you Ephesians before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and everything I have been talking to you about predestination predestination was given it was spoken to Gentile churches Ephesians 1 and 4 He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Verse 5, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ unto Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. That's why He did it, for His own pleasure. And then we have obtained an inheritance. Verse 11, being predestinated. According to the purpose of Him who worketh all things, and that includes the fire and the trials in your life to cause you to conform and be like Christ. Am I out of time? I was going to go through some other things. I'll have to save it till next week. I'm going to get back into the Gentiles being the spirits in prison. But when he calls them, that's the all flesh or the all men. There's a word in the, the Jews use, synecdoche, S-Y-N-E-C-H-D-O-C-H-E. It means a part of something is the whole. Part is the whole. That's used over and over again throughout Scripture. Well, all flesh means red, yellow, white, black, and brown flesh. All different colors of flesh, whereas he gave his truth in the Old Testament to one flesh. The all flesh is the exact opposite of one flesh, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. Only Israel received the truth. And they came from a long line of believers that went back to Noah and that all went all the way back to Adam and went down through his sons, through Seth and Enosh and Canaan and Mahalalel and so forth till you get to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And that was the one flesh and the all flesh now which is the Gentiles received the truth or received the gospel. That was the mystery that was hidden in Abraham God told Abraham even the Gentiles in your household if they'll be circumcised and keep my covenant they'll be and they'll be spiritual Israel but God hid that and kept it from them until he gets to the New Testament church to the all men the all flesh when the Bible says God will have all men be saved that's the word pass. Anthropos T-H R-O-P-H P-H O-S R O PH PH OS Anthropos Anthropos All Men, men of every nation, tongue, and tribe, they will receive, and that's the Gentiles, that's the ones who were in darkness, in prison, in, in 1 Peter one eighteen nineteen, the spirits in prison were the spirits in Phulake. that's the word prison, and that means the division of day and night are light and darkness, and they were in darkness for 4,000 years until they came to the light and it was God's will to keep them blind and then blind the eyes of the Jews that's God's will the Jews were blinded because God wanted them blind and they did not partake of the truth in the Old Testament God blinded their eyes on purpose according to Romans eleven eleven. Did the Gentiles did the Jews stumble merely to stumble? They stumbled, so salvation would come to the Gentiles. I got a lot more to say on this. I just want you to know that predestination and the sovereignty of God has really eased my mind in my old age. I don't get frustrated over anything. I'm not trying to be anybody i'm not trying to have a mega church you can't have a mega church preaching predestination god doesn't love everybody and he creates evil and christmas is pagan and so is easter and halloween and all the rest of it's the same thing in the ancient world you cannot have a mega church preaching that it will not happen well i'm out of time let's pray father thank you for truth Sometimes I just don't know how to get this over without repeating myself. Help me to know what to say and to do. To help people to understand they've got to come to a place of being comforted in everything that happens, no matter how bad it seems. So we can learn to be thankful for everything you've brought us through. I know when you're young, you can't be thankful for it now, but they will when their 30 or 40 years passes and they find out who they're going to become. I pray that you'll give us strength to overcome all of our inadequacies and cause us to be content in everything that we do. And we'll praise you for everything. You fight our battles because you're going to have to. We can't. We'll praise you for everything. In Christ's name, amen. I can't get back to the Sabbath. I'm trying to.